listening to The Big Album Show with Paul Dillon and Dan O'Neill. Hello and welcome to The Big Album Show. This is the first episode, so we hope you enjoy it. Today we're going to be talking about Out of Time, which is the seventh studio album from the American band R.E.M. I'm Dan. And I'm Paul. (laughs) And together we are Dan and Paul doing the show, The Big Album Show. It's a two-person show. We hope to have a much bigger than a two-person audience, but you're very welcome to the show. We're talking about an album which is literally, Dan, out of time, almost 30 years old. It's incredible how fast time flies by because, you know, although I was young at the time, uh, I remember it coming out. And did you love it? (laughs) Well, like, to be honest with you, I haven't been a massive REM fan, but it would have been kind of my first um, exposure to... I suppose, pop rock music. And I'll tell you where I remember it from. Uh, so here in Ireland, there's a, there was a massive uh, kids TV show called The Den, um, hosted by a guy called Ray Darcy. So in 1991, when this album shout came out... Shout out to Ray. Shout out to Ray. It would have been his second year. At Ray Darcy. Um, you might give us a mention uh, on the show. You never Hi, know. You never know. Paul. Welcome onto the show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go on. Well, yes, on The Den. Out of time on The Den, yes. Out of time on the den. But I remember at the end of the den, they used to show a music video. Yeah. And oh, yes, they video... did. I used to love that part. That's a great memory. Love us. <laughs> yeah, they used to always play one. And because Shiny yeah. Happy People was such a kind yeah. of a happy-go-lucky yes, they... song, the video was quite colourful. It was They kind of played it because they knew kids would like it. They always play this. And you're absolutely right. That brings me right back. Yeah, it was quality. And, uh, you know, I love that song. I know a lot of people hate that song. It's a, but it's a, it's recently a I was listening song. to it. It is a classic. And you know what I love as well? The, the version of the song they did with the Muppets, uh, Furry Happy Monsters. It's quality. You're listening to The Big Album Show with Paul and Dan. Please remember to subscribe, hit like, and remember to follow us on our social media platforms at The Big Album Show. For me, I mean, when you step back in time, no pun intended, out of time, right? You go back almost 30 years ago, March 12th, 1991. Uh, you look at the time and you look at the context. Out of time was the first, Dan, if you remember, the first of the four big 90s R.E.M. albums. R.E.M. were huge straight to the 90s, but out of time was the one that really took them up, wasn't it? Because it was the one that got them massively mainstream, the Grammy Award, the big hit single, uh, that was, of course, Losing My Religion. Not my favourite song on the album, I have to say, but that was it was their big breakthrough. They had already broken through that famous college American rock scene coming out of Seattle. You had, of course, the emergence. That year, of course, was the year of Nevermind, which I think Nevermind came out six months after at a time, if I remember correctly, Dan. Am I right in that? Yeah, yeah, around that. And you had uh, albums like Ten by Pearl Jam, Screamadelica by Primal Scream, The Black Album by Metallica, and Octung yeah. Baby. It was a great year for music in many ways. Absolutely brilliant you know And of course... This was the time when, you know, an album launch was massive. I remember at a time coming out, my brother is a massive R.E.M. fan. I remember the album coming out and we had it on tape, of course, which is uh, how things were done back then. But it, this was the era of the album. The albums were still huge. And you mentioned some classics there, Acting Baby, Scream of Delicate. But albums were huge back in the 90s. Uh, but, and you know what was really weird, Paul? I had a look at the Irish singles charts around the same time, right? Yeah. And although the album charts were incredible and you had all these amazing albums, in the in the single charts at the time when the album came out, you had 
classics such as Do the Bartman by the cast Brilliant. of The Simpsons. You had two singles released by Zig and Zag. Fantastic. You had Always Look on the Bright Side of Life yeah. by Monty Python. Love it. Um, literally, the singles charts were a joke. Um, but a joke. some of the greatest albums were... Yeah, <laughs> a joke. <laughs> all good of... stuff there, man. What are you saying? <laughs> well, I suppose it is good stuff in, in, in some ways, but uh, I, the only kind of... Uh, Real song on it. Well, actually, the doors have been. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Go for ahead. What did you say? No, I was just saying the Doors and Queen were 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 on the uh, yeah were were in the charts as well. Weirdly, there was this kind of uh, phase of of kind of old songs entering the charts again. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny when you cast your mind back. I mean, it everything has changed and. You know, not everything for the better. <laughs> but, but, loads but, of things have changed, man. Sorry? Think about it. Who, who was, when you think about what, what 1991 was like for people, you had Charles Hockey here in Ireland, who was the Taoiseach. You had the IRA firing mortar bombs at Downing Street. You had uh, Blackboard Jungle beginning on Network 2, the Cold War ending, the Gulf War, and Everything I Do by Brian Adams all over the airways. The most Those significant the thing days. there is, of course, the Brian Adams part of it, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I and mean, Roy Keane debuting for <laughs> Ireland as well. <laughs> when you look back at it, though, let's get serious now for a moment, right? I mean, Out of Time by R.E.M. is a classic album, right? It was the first of the four big 90s classic R.E.M. albums. Uh, out of Time first from 91, followed by Automatic for the People, followed by Monster, which is absolutely brilliant. Followed then um, by, oh, the one with Ebo, the letter on it, uh, So Fast, So Numb, um, New Adventures in Hi-Fi. I mean, four classic, brilliant albums. New Adventures in Hi-Fi mm-hmm. wouldn't have sold nearly as much as the others, um, but all amazing albums. And, I mean, of course, you know, we'll talk maybe about track by track in a moment about the album. But, of course, R.E.M. were massive in Ireland in the 90s, right? So, of course, mm-hmm. we're, we're coming from Adelaide from the Irish perspective. You're down in Limerick, I'm in Dublin. Um, you remember, Dan, they did the Monster Tour. They didn't tour the Out of Time album. Um, they, mm. they had done some pretty big tours previously, but in the States, they did a few arena shows sort of around the Out of Time period, but they did a massive tour. Uh, they did some huge tours in the 90s, and the Monster Tour was absolutely massive. Of course, it nearly broke the band, led to the departure of the drummer, Bill Berry. Um, mm. But they played a huge Slane gig. Do you remember that one, Dan? That cast your mind back to that, to that Slane gig that they did? I have some recollection of it being in the media for it, it, was it, there was it, there some kind of negativity surrounding that particular gig. There, there was, I mean, and and it, 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 there was there was some pretty um, tragic events uh, around that gig. Uh, we might come back to that actually just in, in a mm. little bit because it was really really sad and, and very tragic. Um, but of course, then later they played a big show in, in Lansdowne Road, which I was at. Were you at any of them? Um, yes, I it? was. That was a, that was. What was it like? The Up album, um, not the greatest REM album. There's a few beautiful tracks on it, but I was. What was it like? It was great. Um, it was back then. Gigs were different. There was there were a lot rougher. You know, there used to be kind of fights at gigs, um, and yeah. there used to be a lot more kind of jumping and pushing and shoving and all of that kind of thing. And I remember one stage. At REM. Yeah, at R.E.M. I mean, Michael Stipe said wow. had to appeal to people, you know, not to be jumping <laughs> on each other. And, you know, he's, he'd been at the Pop Mart tour in Dublin not that long before. And he was referencing yeah. that and he was saying, hey, guys, be careful out there. A brilliant, brilliant frontman, Michael Stipe. And we'll touch on him again. Just his absolute brilliance. Let's look at the album for a minute, Dan, because it's all about the music. Give us your top three tracks. Out of time. My top three tracks. Well, I have to say... 
I, I really enjoy Near Wild Heaven. It's it's an Love incredible, it. incredible song. Of course, you know, um, Michael Stipes doesn't sing lead vocals on it. It's Mike Mills. But uh, it one of the refreshing things about going back and listening to albums like Out of Time is the fact that they don't feel overproduced, and particularly this album, because, you know, you mentioned the fact that R.E.M. had been touring an awful lot, and they wanted to kind of get away from the kind of traditional electric sound they had, and they start playing things like mandolins, uh, famously, on the album. So there's this kind of, um, you know, not not underproduced, but correctly produced album, which includes acoustic ornamentation. Uh, it includes strings and so on. And I think you hear that beautifully on Near Wild Heaven. You have the jangly guitar that almost is reminiscent of the birds and um, and Mike Mills' uh, lead vocals and then Michael Stipe coming in on, on the chorus. So I, I, I enjoyed that one. I love Near Wild Heaven. I mean, when, when I went back to listen to yeah. the album again, I was just reminded of just what a great song it is. It, it, it is not, I mean, of course, everybody goes losing my religion. It is, it is the first song that everyone remembers off the, the album. Big number one hit mm. for them. Um, but for me, the top track is Near Wild Heaven. And of course, it's not, mm. it, one of the things about it that people forget is that Michael Stipe doesn't do the lead vocal on it. Yeah, yeah. And 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 it doesn't suffer as a result. It's different, but it's it's still as powerful as any of the other songs. It is. It's powerful. What next stand for you? So that's your number one. What, what's next for you? Okay, another one. And I, you know what? I'm I'm staying away from things like losing my religion, not because I don't like them, but anyone who kind of remembers the time and and lived through the period remembers that songs like losing my religion were 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 everywhere. And yeah, um, I won't say overplayed, but. It's hard for me to kind of listen to it now. Uh, to be honest, even though it's a fantastic song, which I I truly love yeah. it, when it comes on the radio, I kind of shy away from it a little bit just because I've heard it so much. Yeah. But when I, I when I turn on a song on the album like Half a World Away, love it, and I hear the kind of the the the, the for me it kind of represents hope and resilience amongst sadness, which is it's classic kind I of Michael Stipe. I love it. You it's know, actually, and, it's also, and, and we did not script this beforehand, it's also my mm. second favourite track on wow. the album. Absolutely love it. Uh, love how kind of profound and serious it is, but there's a little brightness in it. But one of the things about that song as well, of course, is years later, who would have a song ha- called Half the World Away? Oasis. They just changed uh, the Oasis. A to the Z. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, that's not like Oasis to kind of borrow from their people, is it? <laughs> Dan, give us your sorry. You were, you were saying you, what else have you got to say about half a world away? I, I before I cut in there, I, I I just I just love it, and it, I remember. I'll tell you when I when I bought the album, I bought the album in around two thousand and one, right? Because mm. I went into. I still remember it, man. Because this is what happens when you when you buy these albums when you're younger, and and they're kind of formative in terms of uh, your your musical development. I suppose. They, they stick out in your head. And I remember going into Golden Discs in Stalorgan in Dublin. And I actually went in and I was planning on buying the album Reveal. It was 2001. But uh, Out of Time was on sale and I had limited pocket money. So I bought Out of Time. Um, but Half a World Away, for some reason, it was one of those beautiful songs that, that just stood out to me. There's something so um, fragile about the lead vocals in it. Um, and And... As I say, for me, it just resonates this whole hope amongst kind of a sadness. Um, and I think that's where Michael Stipe's lyrics are, are, are most powerful when he kind of juxtaposes 
a kind of a, a sad fragility yeah. with a sense of happiness and hope. It's kind of like find yourself a front man who can do both, isn't it? I mean, he's a, yeah. he, he, it's, it's a bizarre. I mean, he's, he, a, he, it, he, it, he, he's really just one of the iconic uh, music figures. And he, he, I think, I don't think he'd reached his peak at a time. I think that came later, right? But I think you're right. There was, there was often, he was, there was often a subtlety to what he was doing at a time that wasn't there. Maybe some of the later records, and it certainly wasn't there in some of the records that came towards the end period. And we kind of can speak of an end period with REM because, of course, that they are no longer with us in the active sense, very much with us in the physical sense, but no longer uh, recording. Dan, your third uh, track, please. Now this is a difficult one. This is a very difficult one because I'm looking at all the, I'm looking at the list and there's, there's, you know, there's so many decent tracks. Now there's a few on it, on the album that I'm not so sure about, but we'll get to that. But, um, it's kind of, uh, do you know, I'm just, I'm just going to be controversial uh, just to annoy people. Listen, I'm going to say shiny, happy people. I, I just, I, I love it. I could listen to it all day. I love Kate Pearson's vocals on it. I yeah. love the, the 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 jangly guitars. I love. I know it's not a kind of a traditional REM style song, um, and I know even you know some of the band dislike it themselves, and a lot of REM fans dislike it. But for me, I think it's close to a perfect pop song. Dan, you know it's funny, and I and I I, I have the evidence to prove it because I have my list. My top three songs were "Near World Heaven," "Half a World Away," and "Shiny Happy People." It is. It is lovely. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. It's pretty timeless. Still sounds absolutely fresh. Still sounds really good. I'm not quite sure why so many OEM fans are not uh, the biggest actual fans of Shiny Happy People. I suspect, Dan, it may have something to do with its kind of quote-unquote pure pop basis. I mean, it is an absolute mm. mainstream pop song. It, there's, there's, and I mean, obviously, REM were a pretty serious, pretty profound band. They picked up a lot of political causes, a lot of environmental causes. They're a band that meant a lot to people. Very, very serious in terms of albums. Their albums often touched on that kind of, you know, you know, as you were saying there earlier, very, you know, they dealt with a lot of very deep themes and sad themes and so on. But I mean, shiny happy people for me, absolutely love it. It, I think it's great fun. Mm. It's a great yeah, lockdown it, it, song. It's a great lockdown song. Yeah, well, it, it, there's certainly everybody an element of it. Everybody can it. hum it. Sorry? Yeah, yeah. There's certainly an element of like escapism in it. But Definitely. again, if you if if you listen to the kind of the just the, just the, the 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 instrumentation and the kind of slow orchestral kind of bit at the beginning, which kind of leads into this jangly again happy yeah. guitar piece, and then you have Kate Pearson's vocals. Um, it it just. It, it, yeah. it's close to the perfect pop song for me. It really is. Do you want to hum, um, hum a bit of it there? <laughs> no, I don't on, know. Do it, do it. Yeah, got it. You got it. Because we can't play music on this. It's the next <laughs> best thing. <laughs> Everybody knows it. I mean, I mean, just let, 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 let's move off the, the tunes for two seconds because REM yeah. albums were always about more than the music, right? One of the things mm. about the REM uh, uh, period, not the, not the REM period, but one of the things about all these REM albums is that they all carried really serious themes. And this album, Out of Time, has been described as the most political album of all time. Dan, do you remember how political REM were and, how, and political Michael Stipe was uh, in particular? Um, but one of the things about Out of Time, as people forget, is that 
it was there was a huge petition that accompanied the album and um, thousands of people signed the petition it was part of the rock the vote campaign and the petition was to support allowing people under the age of 21 to register with their driving license um, and it led to a huge increase in the numbers of people voting uh, that campaign was the brainchild of a guy called jeff gold who was an executive at warner and the reason why gold wanted to do this big campaign was twofold and this is fascinating and it's like this is different era stuff right this is history stuff here do you remember dan back in the 90s when you used to buy a cd there used to be a little sticker on loads of the records do you remember the little sticker yeah the little parent advisory do you remember yeah yeah i do yeah yeah i mean this is other era stuff i mean that was the brainchild of a group called uh, the Parents Music Resource Centre, which folded in the late 90s, but had been on the go for maybe 15 years uh, up until that point. Um, and they had waged these big campaigns uh, about the influence um, of lyrics and warning buyers about the supposedly risque lyrics that were in songs. And you get those little black and white stickers. But one of the reasons Gold wanted to do that big campaign uh, with Rock the Vote was so that they could roll back on that. Uh, eventually, uh, you know, it would go down in history as the um, the a really very political album, and of course that whole period now of of uh, parental advisory and little stickers and albums is long gone. Um, so it was a very political album, and of course back in those days the CDs again this this is like it's other era stuff, but they used to kind of come in this big long box, a big wooden mm. not a box, sorry, a kind of a wooden package. And R.E.M., mm. of course, as famous environmentalists, remember they had the album Green, they were committed to those environmental mm. causes very early on, before they were cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> they didn't like that big package and Gold convinced them, let's do something meaningful with them and uh, let's get involved in this campaign to support people getting to re- re- under the age of 21 registering to vote. And many, many people did. And uh, that is something that is, again, out of time because it looks it- nowadays to the sort of, in the year 2021, whatever that's going on, petitions, wooden box, wooden packages, sorry, not wooden packages, paper packages on albums, sorry, not wooden paper, kind of a big paper package on your CD. I wonder if maybe some of the listeners might remember that, but there used to be this big package um, and the Parents Music Resource Centre and Parental Advisory. It's from a different age, right? Yeah, it, it, just, it just seemed like a, a completely different world. Uh, like now, it, the, the idea of... of like, I don't know, now people just do petitions online or have a, a Twitter hashtag, uh, you know, but... Hashtag it, the big album show being the best of the hashtags. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. But although, like, I think it's maybe a bit over the top to, to, you know, to call it the most politically significant album in the history of the United sorry, States. I, sorry, because, Dan, I said, I said it, therefore it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> No, just kidding. Sorry, go on. No, but, but because you know it, what's funny about it t- to me is that although yeah, there was a petition on the back of it, right? Mm. The actual album itself isn't political at all. Um, you know, I'm sure you can find uh, hints at at uh, at at some political uh, topics. Maybe you know KRS's one KRS one's little rap at the end of radio song, for instance, mm. might be classed as political. But he was huge, there's, of course, there's at that very time. Little... He was absolutely massive at that time. In Anyway, sorry. Yeah, go was on, he? Yes. Was he? Yeah, he was huge then. Massive. Massive. But sorry, didn't inter- interrupt I have your to flow. Say... No, 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 no. Don't worry. I have to say, I don't, I don't, Ra- radio song for me, it kind of just, it grates on me a little bit. 
yeah, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I like it. I mean, I'm, I'm there for it, to be honest. I think it's good. Uh, like the introduction, like the start. I like the little wrapping out. Um, I think it's catchy. And, it, and it's kind of a nice, slow kind of way to start an album. Um, yeah. And for me, it works really, really well. No, for me, right, I, I look at the lyrics of it, right? And one of the lyrics in it is, when I got to the show, yo, ho, ho. Mm. Not particularly the strongest lyrics. And I'm, I'm not saying to, saying it to rubbish the album, but I'll tell you one of my takes on the album, my hot takes, is that the album is fantastic. Apart from the first song on the album and the last song on the album, Wild Honey. Both of those tunes to me let the rest of the album down. For me, like I, I like hip hop music. I like rap music. KRS One's style of rap music for me doesn't fit with the song. The the song, the kind of introduction to the song sounds like classic REM. But when mm. you get into that kind of the kind of bouncy organ, and then KRS One's kind of uh, old school rap, um, it doesn't kind of fit together. It feels to me as if you know, rap was very popular at the time, and the band said, "Let's let's throw a bit in oh, on, on the album just to kind of take." I know, it could I be cancelled before know. we even begin. I know. Yeah. I don't. I don't no, agree but, at all. I, I mean, I think it's great. I, I, I think. You, I think. The, the, I mean, the rap is short, right? But it's. I think it fits mm. really, really well. And I think it's a really good opener. Um, and then it feeds right in then to losing my religion, which of course was the massive global hit, which everybody knows. And to be honest with you which I don't like. And if there's anybody who attended St. Mary's the Austin school, well, no one will remember this, but for some bizarre reason, I ended up playing that in a band in the school <laughs> assembly in the late nineties, in the school and draw And you don't want to do that. And after you've played losing my religion <laughs> in a band to in a school assembly, uh, in draw in the late nineties, you ain't never going to listen to lose my religion ever again. What, what, uh, what, what instrument do you play, Paul? Drums. One one thing that we might just re- return to because we we touched on it, and you know we'll we'll come back to the album at the end and maybe give it a little rating, right? Yeah. But we mentioned the slain gig, right? Um, mm. there's something very very tragic that happened there. Two uh, people lost their lives um, uh, crossing uh, in, in the river that day, um, the River Boyne, and um, it's, it, it, it it it's something that I never forgot. Uh. Grew up not too far away from uh, from Slane, and it, it really marked. It, it was it was just a terrible, terrible, tragic uh, event. Um, the gig, of course, is is well remembered. Um, it was part of the Monster Tour, massive tour, huge success as a gig. Uh, Oasis played in support, um, but for me, it'll always be marked by that terrible tragedy uh, of of um, in, in in the River Boyne. That was nineteen ninety five, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, and um, yeah, looking back, look, looking back at it, it, it just. Do you remember that gig, Dan? You don't remember the gig? It was it was a huge g- show at the time. No, no, I, I don't. I don't remember it in, in great detail. Um, I remember kind of, you know, hearing of it, but that's yeah. about it. But it's so so Dan, sad. It's so absolutely, it's so so mm. sad. Um, Dan, let's rate OEM at a time. Out of ten. Firstly, where would you rate it in your list of REM albums? Go for it. Well, I think in fairness, it has some of REM's best work. Mm. When you think of REM, I think if you ask people who don't know an awful lot about REM to name, you know, five REM songs, mm. they're gonna mention "Losing My Religion." And shiny happy they're people. gonna mention "Shiny Happy People." Definitely. So, I mean, 
you have to say it's up there, at, you know, in the top one, probably. Yeah, I mean, for me, right, I, I, it's, it's, it's not my favorite. Uh, it would be my fourth favorite uh, R.E.M. album. I love the those four albums in a row that R.E.M. did in the nineties. But actually, the what my favorite of them would be New Adventures in Hi-Fi as number one, Monster mm. number two, which is a great album. Hope we come back to it on the big album show. Um, New Adventures in Hi-Fi is just is 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 fantastic. It's a, it's it's just really really good. Um, every every track is good. Um, I would my my third uh, um my third would be Automatic for the People, mm. um, which is which is fantastic. And then yeah. at a time would for me it would be fourth, but it's it's it, it, it's it for me at a time is a really really good album. Really like it. I mean, for me, it stands a test of time. I couldn't believe when I went back uh, to listen to it again. How kind of moved mm. I was by it. I, I find I, it, it's quite profound at times, but then it, it's also yeah. quite funny and silly and frivolous. For me, it gets a very solid eight out of ten as we approach its thirtieth anniversary. Where does it get? What does it get for you out of ten, Dan? Well, I think that you know we've agreed a lot on this uh, podcast. We 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 picked the same favorite songs on the album, and you know what? I'm gonna agree with you. Eight out of ten is a very very fair score for for at a time, and uh, it, it certainly stands the test of time. It sounds fresh while 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 not sounding as overproduced as some albums um, currently on the scene. And uh, I think even the album art hasn't aged at all because it's just clear. Um, you know, clear font with a nice background looks great. Um, that the whole package is a solid eight. Yeah, and of course you have to remember when we're talking about al- these big classic albums, these big albums that you're not just talking about the the, the tracks, you're talking about the package, you're talking about everything. Um, so yeah, listen, great great album at a time, uh, brilliant title for an album as well. Um, so just to say before we finish up today, please make sure, now this is the serious part, make sure to follow us, Twitter, The Big Album Show, Facebook, Instagram, you got to follow us, Big Album Show. We are coming at you with the biggest and the best albums and celebrating and marking their anniversaries. Uh, this is the first of many. Thank you very much for listening. Please, please share. Bring along another listener if you like the show and make sure to follow us wherever you get our podcast. And if you really like us, please give us a rating. You're listening to The Big Album Show with Paul Dillon and Dan O'Neill.